Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Uh, really excited to talk to you today about a new initiative in the, in the comic industry that has everything to do with crowdfunding, which, uh, if you've been paying attention, has been uh, gotten a huge boost this last year with creators wanting more freedom and with the whole COVID quarantine pandemic thing. A lot of people had pencils down. They had more time. They just decided they didn't want to be reliant on a publisher for uh, to get their content out or to have revenue coming in. So there's a, there's been a big uh, push to creator-owned, and we're joined today uh, by the founder of uh, a new company that is fulfilling a need in that space. So uh, he's actually a, a, a close personal friend of mine, uh, you know, in interest of full disclosure. Uh, and he's been on the show before to talk about a previous uh, project that he founded called Comic Blitz. Uh, but this this platform is called Zoop, and it's my pleasure to welcome Jordan Plosky back to the show. Jordan, thanks for joining me. Always, Jace. Good to see you again, man. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Jordan is a friend. We have talked on Zoom and a few uh, get-togethers, virtual get-togethers, because, God, man, I, honestly, I can't remember the last time I saw you in person. Oh, well, I haven't seen anybody in person in, in a really long time, but I've probably seen you more frequently on Zoom than most people, to be honest <laughs> with you. I just said, I, so for I, people who are, who are listening, I mean... Yeah, Jason and I's uh, common bond is Valiant Comics. We're both longtime nerd, you know, yep. of old school Valiant from the 90s and relaunch from 2012 to, through present day. And now, of course, like the splintering off a of bad idea, you know, so like we, we kind of, that, that's the common bond there, but then just comics in general and the two of us being, you know, sort of entrepreneurial in the comic book world and 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 kind of doing what we can to contribute. So that, that's... Uh, a little backstory between Jason and I, and you did mention, yes. So comic blitz was my first company. <laughs> um, and for those, you know, who were like, whatever happened to that company? Well, we did get acquired uh, by, by a video distribution service called Cinedime in 2018. So like two and a half, almost three years ago. Now we were acquired and they rebranded comic blitz into uh, like I said, what they sort of integrated it into a video streaming platform called Con TV. So then they just rebranded that and started calling it Con TV Plus Comics. So if anybody is curious or interested in whatever happened to Comic Blitz, that is what happened to Comic Blitz. Yeah, and I do. Before we go any further, I will apologize for you having to look at my face more than anybody else's throughout this uh, this pandemic. That's that can't be a good thing. But, it's uh, a lovely face, <laughs> as, as I say to my wife all the time. I love that facha. Uh, were you at <laughs> Were you at San Diego 2019? Maybe that was the last time that we ran into each other. Yeah, that was probably. Yeah. So yeah, that was probably the last time I saw anybody because that's basically the only time I see people at shows like a WonderCon or or Long Beach. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like WonderCon would have been before Long Beach. You know, if the pandemic it didn't happen look we would have there would have been a few shows in between yeah. san diego 29 you know 2019 and today but um maybe we did sit, maybe long beach if if we happen oh. across uh, you probably didn't come out to long beach the one in january 2020 uh i i would have said like, like september or october of, oh 2019 now i didn't no, of 2019 no. i don't think i did that i don't think i did that but shot. then yeah oh yeah, yeah. I think I did. I did. I guess January. Beach, yeah, I did the January show, the smaller one, um, in twenty eight. No, no, I did Long Beach in September twenty eighteen. And 
Oh, but wait, what about LA Comic Con? That that's always around like Hollow. I don't know. I, I don't know. Too, yeah. Long story short, it's been a while since. Yeah, I've it's seen been that, a while. So, so everybody's yeah. like, you know what? Shut up. Stop talking about the last time you saw each other in person. I know. I know. And tell us <laughs> and tell us about Zoop. So yeah, I kind of I kind of alluded to it about how uh, you saw uh, a need. You know, you saw absolutely that that creators and you know, um, I, I was just talking to a creator earlier today uh, that will remain unnamed uh, because sure. I'm going to be having him on the show soon, but uh, him and I were talking about this idea of, yeah, you want to be able to do this, this, these crowdfunding things, but God, it's so much work. And with the shipping and the logistics and updating people and yeah. answering email, it's like, these guys need time to create. And, and his whole point was, yeah, you, uh, he, when he was getting ready to launch his, he, he did some research and he was looking at people's comments and they're like, what, well, it's been a year and I still don't have the book in front of me. Well, when you're spending all the time, Handling the logistics, you don't have time to create and get the book uh, made. So, talk a little bit about about kind of finding that need and and you know realizing that uh, that need was there and how you came up with the idea of of Zoop and and uh, who else is on your team. Absolutely, yeah. So taking it back to last summer, right? So we're maybe like three months into the pandemic and everybody is home and quarantined, and and I've been my family and I have been taking this incredibly seriously. So I'm, I'm not going to, not going to get political by any means, but I mean, like, Hey, my wife has, you know, her, her own immunocompromised system and we have a child who can't be vaccinated. So, you know, because she's not of age yet. So we've been taking it incredibly seriously, sick mother-in-law, the whole thing. So I've been pretty much like homebound, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was really just for me, kind of like trying to find some motivation and, and something fulfilling, something positive to do right I mean I lost going to the gym I lost going to work as I'm fortunate I still have my job and all that but I just mean like you know any sort of human interaction or, or anything to sort of stay positive and motivated during the pandemic so started having a whole bunch of phone calls with a bunch of friends just trying to find hey maybe there's something to work on here maybe there's something that we can do and one of those calls was with my buddy Eric Moss so Eric Moss uh, comes from IDW. He was, uh, oh man, I'm probably going to butcher what his role was there. But when I was at Comic Blitz, he was my liaison at, at IDW. He was the person who I was licensing digital comics from to get IDW comics on the Comic Blitz platform. So we go back, you know, five, six years at this point, and we're having a call. And he mentioned that, well, you know, I, I'm kind of like helping people with their, with their Kickstarters and, and kind of, you know, consulting and doing stuff like that. And we kind of start talking a little bit more and, and, you know, with my background in building a platform, I was like, you know what, forget about just consulting on Kickstarter. Like, what if we just did it ourselves? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, yeah, like we just, we take the whole thing instead of just a piece, you know, instead of just that little piece tagged on to Kickstarter, what if we had our own platform, we ran our own campaigns. And, and to your point, Jace, so the, the pain points and the learning curve and the time associated with doing crowdfunding, and we can get into like all of those in a little bit of detail, you know, there's a ton of it, like, you know, having this conversation with Eric, we realized like, oh my God, there's, there's a huge gap. There's, there's so many pain points that if we could solve these for people that we have a real opportunity here. Now, one more thing about Eric, I should mention He's done several successful uh, Kickstarter campaigns, other crowdfunding campaigns um, at IDW. But most notably for him, he was the campaign manager for the Berserker uh, Keanu Reeves campaign, you know, that Boom Studios put out. 
So that's the number one Kickstarter uh, campaign for the comics category of all time. And he ran that one. So um, definitely the right guy to partner up with when it comes to learning about all that. Um, you know, another team member that we have, uh, her name is Camilla Zhang, and she's an advisor to Zoop. So I, me, myself, I'm the CEO of Zoop. Eric is the COO. Uh, Camilla has a ton of stuff going on uh, behind the scenes that, I, you know, I'm not at liberty to discuss, but some exciting things. Um, so she she used to be a Kickstarter. She was a Kickstarter for about two years and started and grew the category pre-pandemic. You know, she's the one who was like really, really responsible for the community outreach and getting out there. So when the pandemic hit, and Kickstarter let you know forty percent of their staff go or whatever. She was among the casualties, and we were quick to scoop her up because, you know, she knows what she's doing when it comes to, to Kickstarter and and um, or I should say when it comes to crowdfunding and what people are looking for and where those holes are, right? So I mean, let me say and and feel free to stop me at any time, Jace, because I I could just keep rolling. But like Kickstarter is great. I think it, it's it's a fantastic platform. Indiegogo as you know, same right? Like these. These things that weren't available 10 years ago that are available now, where if you are a creator of any kind, whether that's comics or gaming or video games or film or music or whatever, or just you have products and doohickeys that you want to sell, it's, it's a great platform for sure. But it's what I would call a no frills platform. It's the platform. There's no services. So to your point, yes, it's the full-time job and I could take you through the entire like pipeline of basically creating a campaign specifically for comics I mean this is you know a comic podcast and you know we could talk about like what it takes um, to really run a campaign and why what we're offering takes so much of the load off of creators and why it's so appealing to them um yeah well, I can let's get stop. right let's, into it unless you have a question yeah, yeah let's yeah. let's kind of dive into that so first of all camilla yes she is amazing she she you know you talk about successful kickstarter campaigns of the last year uh oh, camilla yeah. uh ran noctera the noctera campaign for scott, scott snyder, snyder and, and, tony, and daniel. tony daniel yeah and, and that was amazing um and so yeah she definitely she knows what she's doing so you know i'm glad to hear that she's on board um and when we talk about kickstarter as as a platform this is what's so so interesting right like there's a lot of categories there's art there's comics there's board games there's you know any number uh, short films and those kind of things and when people are developing these these products you know like you know whatever it might, might be there's some crazy products on there some really good ideas pillows and you know clothing and, and whatnot <laughs> so many times it's like okay so create your initial design and then it's sort of out of your hands like if you're having something manufactured right like you send in whatever you send in and then it's just waiting to hear back from the manufacturer, from the factory, getting the, the prototypes, getting approvals and that sort of thing. And you got to remember, Kickstarter, it's built for all these different categories, right? So like you said, it's no frills, but it's also, it's generic in, in its scope. The people that work at Kickstarter, they don't necessarily understand what it is to, to make a comic because it is so different. When you're writing or drawing a comic, you're not sending it off to some fact, you're not sending it off to the comic book factory to have it drawn and written, you know, yeah, you send it to the printer once it's done, but getting back to that idea of the creators need the time to actually create the book, which is so different than what a, a lot of the other categories uh, are. So is Zoop specifically just for comics? Like, are you guys going to do board games or video games or any other kind of, because those are kind of the other two big 
big areas on Kickstarter, right? Like bo board games and video games. Um, yeah. Short film a little bit. But so there's a, a couple of interesting stats. Yeah, a couple of interesting stats for people who are into crowdfunding or thinking about it. So number one is that comics is the fastest growing category. It, for 2020, they comics grew the most out of any other category. Second interesting fact is that gaming, not including video games, I don't believe, but gaming like board games, tabletop games, card games, is the largest category on Kickstarter. So that's followed by tech and design. So that's all those products or like the the watch that did $13 million or, you know, the pebble or whatever. But gaming is tremendous about like two, I want to say 220 or 240 million a year just in crowdfunding. Or I should say just in Kickstarter. They're way more transparent than Indiegogo. Indiegogo does not release their stats the way Kickstarter does. Um, yeah, but to my point, so that, like it, yeah. to my point, if, if you're, once you don't you're you're done creating the game before you start the campaign you have to be right like you you're done like you've made yeah. the game you put it out there you ask for the money and then you just have to actually make the thing at the factory and then ship it out so that's yes so no. different so, so, so but what you're saying is like well the game has been designed maybe right yes, you know but designed. it hasn't been manu it hasn't been manufactured right. so it's kind of it's right. kind of the same for a comic right like the pages might be done but now you have to prepare it for printing you have to so all right so here's 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 the pipeline, right? Like thinking about just doing your own book through crowdfunding. This is what has to happen, right? If you're a large enough presence, now this might not be the same thing for everybody. You might be doing like your first comic ever, right? And you're like, I'm going to do Kickstarter. And that's, that's great. That's a wonderful avenue to go. We have a little bit more of a niche um, because we're not an open source platform the way Kickstarter is just yet. That's the goal is to get there and provide all these services to literally everybody who wants them. But because we're not just yet, we have to start with a little bit higher echelon type creator, right? We have to start with people who already have a built-in fan base, who have a backing that we could tap into immediately. So the services that we provide can save a creator months of time. And what that allows them to do is now go start creating their next thing. So when you're, do, when you're doing a Kickstarter, for example, it takes a couple of months to kind of put together your campaign, right? You have to figure out your budgeting. You have to figure out how much is shipping going to cost. You have to factor in, well, you know, Kickstarter is going to take 5%. The credit card processor is going to take another 3 to 4%. You're going to have to figure out how much it's going to cost to print, how much it's going to cost to ship. What's the fulfillment costs? Am, am I sending these out from my my apartment or my house is my family going to kill me because the whole house is filled up with my comics or do I want to find someone to take that off my plate because I don't want to go to the post office, you know, every day for the next three weeks. So I could send out packages after packages after packages. Also, while you're running the campaign, I've heard many people say that it's a full-time job and that takes you that you as a creator takes you away from creating your next project. So, if you're doing a campaign, if you're doing a project, we handle campaign management, which is all the stuff I mentioned, right? So figuring out your budget, figuring out what your tiers are going to be, your incentives, your rewards, whatever you want to call them, figuring out how what to price those at. Now seeing, all right, well, what are the prices? How much is it going to cost me to make those comics or those hardcovers or those graphic novels to send them out? Okay. If I hit a certain point, do I want to have a company come in and take care of the fulfillment? Well, they're going to charge me for labor. They're going to charge me for materials. We have to factor in shipping, right? 
I want to market this. I want to spread the word, but I don't know how to do that stuff. I make comics. I'm not a social media maven. So these are the, the core four things that we really handle for people. Campaign management and marketing is in-house. We have a printing partner, or I should say multiple printing partners. We have manufacturing partners for people who are interested in putting out maybe prints or pins or t-shirts or mugs as part of their campaigns and those incentives. And we also have fulfillment partners. So what that means is, and you know, saying all that, there's no learning how to do a Kickstarter. There's no figuring out like, uh-oh, you know, how do I build this page? How do I create all the assets that I need to populate this page? How do I know what my, you know, I want my goal to be? How do I know how much to charge? How do I know how I'm going to be keeping track of this on a daily basis? Well, now you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. We take care of it for you. And when you ask us, hey, how are we doing today? We'll give you an update. So what this does is essentially save a creator months of time leading up to the campaign and during the campaign. Not only that, as a company, as opposed to an individual creator, we're getting some pretty preferential rates on printing on fulfillment because of the bulk that we you know, plan to be bringing in for these, these third-party partners for us. Now, one of the other things that a lot of people are, are very probably used to at this point is when you go on Kickstarter or Indiegogo as, as a backer, as someone who wants to support, you can only back one tier during the campaign. You can't just say, I want the PDF, I want the graphic novel, I want this sign thing over here, I want another thing. It doesn't work like that. So you get these bundles and it's really convoluted and it's kind of hard to understand. All right, like if I get this tier, what am I getting here? You know, but I wanted something else too. Why can't I just get the one thing I want over here and the one thing I want over here? So we've streamlined and simplified the user experience on our platform. So instead of having to, you know, read through everything, it's, hey, I want the hardcover, I want it signed, I want the print, I want, you know, a pin, cool. I'm just gonna click on everything, put it into my cart. So we have a cart system, just like you're familiar with on Amazon or any other basically e-commerce site. You put all those items into your cart and when you check out, that's what you're supporting, right? You're, that's, that's what you're backing as, as a backer, right? So it's not just one tier. You're, during the main campaign, you could purchase whatever you want that's available during the campaign. The only caveat that we have is we have tiers and then underneath we have add-ons. Now in audio format, basically what that means is these creators still want you to purchase their book, right? All the other stuff is fun, right? But once you purchase the book that unlocks the add-ons. So the book basically is in the tiers, all the add-ons are maybe like the signatures, original art getting drawn into the comic, you know, getting a sketch, a commission. Uh, you know, there's some people that have like the cover is going to be up for sale on some of these projects. Like we have some really exciting, amazing incentives for people to back these campaigns. Now, before I even get into who some of these people are, which I feel is going to be like the next question, we also do away with the post-campaign campaign. What I mean by that is you don't have to now re-enter all your credit card information and shipping information and everything like that to Backerkit or Crowdox. There's really no need because we've taken care of all of your purchase needs during the main campaign instead of, you know, waiting for that campaign to end, getting that email from Backerkit, like saying, hey, is there anything else that you wanted? Here's what's available now. And then going through the whole process again and then having to wait a month longer to receive all of your stuff. So... 
and on the creator side of things, you know, dealing with those secondary companies as well isn't is a lot more work. You have to take all your information from Kickstarter and import it into Backerkit, and it's it, it's it's a lot of heavy lifting, especially for creative types who are not used to spreadsheets and and you know handling all all the administrative and business and the tech side of things. We take care of all of it. Fantastic. So, so hopefully uh, that's a, comp- a compelling pitch. <laughs> well, so a, a couple things. Uh, if there is a you know, a perspective, you know, I totally get you. You've got to start with sort of name creators. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, but eventually it would be open for for others, you know, maybe people who, because, um, you know, I, I do a lot of these spotlights and, and I'd say it runs about half and half. Some people already have all the, the material produced and some people, you know, like a writer, for example, he needs those crowd, he needs the, the crowdfunding funds to actually pay his, you know, an artist to actually draw his book. And those are the ones that can take, longer. So, right. Uh, so in terms of, of cost, what does this cost somebody who wants to, to join? I mean, obviously you guys aren't doing it for free. You gotta, you gotta eat, sure. too, you know, so what are we looking at in, in terms of, um, you know, how, how big a slice of the pie does Zoop take? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to say in public, you know, like what our take is, but I mean, if you take, you know, what Kickstarter does and, what the credit card processing fees take. And if you think about, you know, theoretically what a marketing company would take, what a campaign manager would take and piece it all together, you, you'll, you'll find yourself in the ballpark of what we offer. Look, it, it, it's the platform plus premium services, right? And that's, so yes, we do charge more than Kickstarter, but what we get, what we offer back to you is tons of time, three to four months of just only focusing on the campaign which theoretically frees you up to now start working on your next project. Now, Kickstarter doesn't allow you to run another campaign until your previous campaign is fulfilled. Not not that you just ended the campaign. You have to wait until your next campaign is fulfilled. Well, since we're involved in the fulfillment and we understand where you as a creator are in the process of getting your book printed, getting it fulfilled and out, to and really basically taking care of all of that for the for the creators we're in charge of that pipeline we understand where they are so theoretically even though we might be taking a larger chunk if you're going to do maybe three or four campaigns a year through zoop versus one or two campaigns a year through kickstarter the math you come out way ahead even if you're paying a little bit more you know for for the services through zoop so there's definitely something to consider there and taking all that work off your plate you know, not having to learn all that stuff, not having to run it yourself and taking you away from the next, the next project, the next project. Me, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Well, the other part is like you said, even if you're running it yourself through Kickstarter, but then you're trying to have time to, to actually create. And so you are farming a lot of it out, you know, with backer kit and you've hired a campaign manager, you've hired marketing, whatever. Now you're talking to like, yeah. trying to organize and manage, you know, conversations with four different people, four different entities, as opposed to just one-stop shopping. One. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Jace. That's, a, that's, ex- that, that's exactly right. And not only that, not only, you know, is everything under one place, but to your point, you don't have to research, you don't have to source, you don't have to negotiate, you know, you don't have to figure out and, and, and vet and figure who you want to work with. Like it's all taken care of that alone saves you weeks and months of time and research and all of that. Yes. To your point, everything under one roof, one contact, as opposed to, 
herding cats, you know, all in the right direction. Yeah. Well, 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 you know, this having been, in, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, well you know, this, you know, having been in the business world as, as well as I do, and uh, a lot of these creative types don't really realize it, right? Like, so you get your marketing firm, you get your fulfillment firm, whatever it is that you, you know, you use and you're, you're halfway through your campaign and whatever person was assigned to your account, all of a sudden they're gone because they jumped ship and went to another. And now you're yep. having to bring somebody else up to speed. It happens all it happens all the time in the business world. People change roles, they get promoted, they move on. It's yeah, it's a pain. And now here here's another thing for any creators that are listening to this. We take all of our fees on the back end. So what that means is if your campaign is not successful, we don't get paid. So we are highly motivated and incentivized to make sure you reach your goal. That also means that you do not have to micromanage us. You don't have to oversee us or spend time worrying if we're doing what we're supposed to do. You have no upfront risk. You know, our incentive is to get paid. And if you don't get paid, we don't get paid. So we're going to get that campaign across the finish line. Believe you me. Yeah, that's that's a, you guys are really putting your money where your where your mouth is. Um, that brings me to a, a couple of questions of, yeah. um, on kind of from the. Uh, the, the point of view of, of me going to back something, right? So is it the same as Kickstarter yes. in that, um, as you said, like you set a goal and if the goal is not reached, then I'm not charged for that amount that's in the cart. And also, uh, what about stretch goals? That's one of the, the cool things that Kickstarter, if, if one is you know super successful and reaches all these stretch goals, you're basically getting a bunch of free stuff. Is there anything like that with Zoop? Yeah. So I'm glad that you asked that. So number one, yes, we are all or nothing. Um, you know, if we have a $20,000 goal and we only had, you know, raised $4,000, it's not like Indiegogo where we're still taking the money. And now we have to figure out how to, you know, get a product to those people. You know, if we, if we have a goal of $20,000, we got to cross that line. So all or nothing on that in terms of stretch goals. Yes. Um, a lot of the campaigns, maybe not all the campaigns, you know, it's a creator by creator. Um, but stretch goals are definitely a thing. Uh, we're going to have some early bird specials. Um, you know, one of our, at least one of our campaigns, we're doing a raffle, uh, so that everybody who backs the campaign is also entered into a raffle. And I believe that the, that the winner of that, uh, raffle is going to win a piece of original art from, from the comic. Wow, so really cool prize. Yeah. You know, but one of the things is like, you know, with Kickstarter, there's a drop off. You always get like a, a few percentage of people who, you know, like their credit card doesn't come through at the end of a campaign or, you know, they're like, ah, I don't want this anymore. Or I moved or I forgot about this and like, forget it, you know, forget it. But we feel like maybe this will like incentivize people to stick around at least. It's like, oh, I'll get my comic and I'm entered for a chance to win, you know, like a piece of original art, for example, or, you know, a high end print, maybe signed by the artist or, something like that. And we have some other ideas as well, because one of the benefits of being a young company and being small and, and nimble is we could kind of do cool things and test things out and see if things stick and work. And we have some ideas about making the campaign more fun, more exciting, uh, more uh, engaging with users throughout the campaign. So we're going to be playing with some things like that. Also just trying to differentiate from the other platforms, you know, and, and make this the place um, that people want to go, you know, like to check out, Hey, what's available on, you know, in the world of crowdfunding in terms of comics right now. 
Uh, let's talk about platforms where it's going to be hosted. Is it just going to be web-based? Jason, can't tell us. Have... Oh, can you hear me? Sorry, you cut, you cut okay. out for a second there. Sorry. Yeah, I got you now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, what about platform in terms of where this is going to be hosted? Is it just going to be a web page? you guys going to have an app? Like, where are we going to be able to find Zoop? Yeah, so no app at the moment. I mean, right now, it, it's web and mobile. Um, so the website... And I'm sure we'll plug it a few more times or whatever, but it's zoop.gg, as in good game, zoop.gg. So not zoop.com, not zoop.net, zoop.gg. So go there. Um, when this airs, you'll probably, we'll have our first campaign should be live and you will be able to see at least the next two campaigns um, that are coming soon. Yeah, you know, you... I mentioned earlier, like we're not going to have as many. We're really starting with like three, four campaigns a month, um, you know, which is another benefit to the creators because you're not getting lost amongst hundreds of different campaigns, you know, and, and I'll debunk like a myth. I mean, there is no discoverability on Kickstarter. Just because you're on Kickstarter doesn't mean that people are going to find your project. It, it doesn't magically work like that. You know, they, they'll choose a handful of campaigns that are going to be their their favorites or the ones that they love but if you're not fortunate enough to be chosen as like a campaign that they love you're ne- you're going to have no visibility on kickstarter but with us because there's only a handful of campaigns each month you have s- space on the homepage for the duration of your campaign yeah that's a really good point i've been on kickstarter because sometimes i'm like okay well i have i have you know most of the time i have my kickstarter spotlight scheduled out a month in advance and once in a while somebody drops out or i just don't have something for that particular week i'm like let me go s- look on Kickstarter and see what campaigns are ending around, you know, a certain time, which is a perfect time to have somebody come on and I'll go on there and I'll, I'll look for something. And sometimes I find stuff, sometimes I don't, but I'm, I, I do that frequently. And then I'm on Twitter and I see people plugging their own campaigns and I'm like, wait a second, you're running a Kickstarter campaign. Cause I was just on Kickstarter this morning and I went, I thought I went through the entire comic section and I didn't even see yours. So that's a really, I mean, kind of, kind of proving the point there, Jace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. Frust- it's, it's hard. It's hard to stand out. Yep. It's yep. hard to stand out in, in that crowd. And especially, I mean, like you're going up against some heavy hitters too, <laughs> you know, there's some, some big projects in there. Jeff Smith's project did great. I don't remember what it, it totaled out at, you know, Michael Turner with Aspen just launched a project and it's already at like a hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, it, it's it's tough to stand out from from the ones like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you you mentioned maybe being able to give us some names of some people who are uh, who are planning on using your platform. Is there is there any projects you can tease or or any names you can drop uh, of what we can expect when uh, when we go check out uh, Zoop.gg? Yes. So the first month we are are launching with three campaigns. So the first one, to anybody listening to this, you've probably, hopefully, already listened to the other interview um, with the creative team of Slow City Blues. Um, Slow City Blues, which I don't want to talk too much about it because it's not, you know, my project, but we've been working hand-in-hand with the guys, um, Samuel Hain, John Livesey, um, David Barron's doing colors on it, uh, pencils by Sean Mole. Uh, I hope, Mole, Mole, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, one of those ways. Um but this is a book that's been really around for a long time. Um, it, it, it's, it's the behind the scenes of the making of 
the book has a really interesting story, but the, the story itself is also incredibly cool. The artwork is amazing. They have a, a legit murderer's row of variant covers that like, I mean, yeah, we're, we're really fortunate that they see the value in doing their campaign with us as opposed to Kickstarter. I think that they thought maybe, you know, it, again, it would be hard to stand out in that world, but when you're the first on a new campaign, uh, excuse me, first on a new platform, you're, you're front and center. Um, and like I said, we've been working hand in hand with them, figuring out you know, budgets and figuring out what the tiers and the incentives should be, you know, what those prices are going to be. And I think we have some really, really cool stuff. Um, it's so weird. Like, I don't know what I should be saying or not, because it, you guys got to go listen to their interview and, and they'll, they'll plug all that. But the artwork is fantastic. The variant covers are like, some of them are, are, are like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe we get to do this. You know, I can't believe that we get to put out some of this work. Um, I mean, by the time their campaign starts, uh, it, it'll all be out there. Man, I feel so weird. I, I, don't, I don't know if I should say or not. Like, it's the world of comics. Everybody, like, withholds information. But the fact that Slow City Blues and, and the creative team and, yeah, just go check out their campaign, zoop.gg. They'll be front and center. Um, the second campaign that we have is with an artist out of the UK named Des Taylor. Uh, Des Taylor has a creator-owned book called Scarlet Couture um, that I believe he put out either through, like, Titan Publishing in the UK but I know Des was also involved uh, sort of like with the Maidfire crew. And I think that book was a motion comic on Maidfire as well. So we connected and he has the second volume of his creator own book called Scarlet Couture. Um, he has an art book. Uh, we also have volume one. So if you're like, hey, why just volume two? I want the whole story. Well, we have the whole story for you. So it's going to be Scarlet Couture volume one, Scarlet Couture volume two as well as an art book, tons of prints, sketches, commissions, really cool stuff. If you're not familiar with Des, uh, he goes by Des Pop uh, on the internets and uh, he does a lot of really cool pop art stuff. Um, probably best known for drawing, you know, like Wonder Woman's uh, Supergirl, Catwoman, you know, he, he does a lot of DC stuff. Um, his work is in art galleries in the UK. He's got a big presence in Saudi Arabia, which is incredible to me as well. Um, but really cool pop art, pinup type style. Um, super tasteful. I mean, I think women love it as well as guys. I mean, it's gorgeous art to look at. Um, and the story is basically like a female James Bond in, in, in like my opinion. Um, there's much, there's layers and layers to it, you know, like what the cup, what her cover is and, and, you know, who she is when she's not being a super spy. Um, really fun, almost animated style artwork clean like just awesome awesome artwork to look at um and the sketch opportunities and, and i mean he has I, I i hope we oh man i some of the other tiers and incentives i, I at, at the time of this recording i'm not sure if we're 100 locked in so i don't want to say it if it's not there but there's some really really cool opportunities with that campaign um and then the third campaign for the month of june is a new book uh called resolution and i just got goosebumps actually saying this um so the creative team behind resolution is ron mars andy lanning and rick leonardi wow and yeah like the, between the three of them i think they have like a hundred years of experience in the comics industry so for those people who are listening that might not be familiar with these guys uh ron mars is best known probably most prolific for his run on green lantern uh his run on silver surfer 
he was the art uh, excuse me not the artist the writer for um the justice league and avengers crossover that happened in the 90s and he's basically written everything i mean it, it you know his his resume is <laughs> man i don't know how dirty i could get but it's longer than my beep so it's you know ron's done like over a thousand comics and next to him is andy lanning who is co-writing this book and also inking over rick leonardi andy if you're not familiar um was one of the writers on the annihilation crossover event um 2006 2007 so this is nova guardians of the galaxy big cosmic writer he uh him and Dan Abnett were, were a team at one point, Abnett and Lanning. Um, so on this book, it's Mars and Lanning. Um, but yeah, so Andy Lanning um, was one of the writers or kind of the creators of the new lineup of Guardians of the Galaxy. So not the original with like, you know, Vance Astro and Charlie 3000 and Nighthawk and them, but you know, the, the version that everybody in the world knows now, thanks to the Marvel Universe, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you will. And then Rick Leonardi, who is one of the co-creators of Spider-Man 2099 and has also, I mean, you know, drawn comics for both DC and Marvel, like just about every major character, every major title. And I don't believe Rick has ever done a crowdfunding book before. Ron's done a bunch through Ominous Press. Um, I think Andy has done crowdfunding before. But the interesting thing is these are guys who have done crowdfunding before and they're still coming to us because they're like, man, crowdfunding sucks. We hate it. You know, but this is how we want to put out our book. So they're coming to us to do it as opposed to taking on all of this work by themselves. You know, so we have people from the Slow City Blueses who have never done it before and who aren't interested in, you know, handling all the business and tech and, and administrative side of things. And then we have veterans, you know, Ron's done four, five, six campaigns already. And he understands what we bring to the table big validation on both ends, whether you've never done a campaign before or whether you've done a campaign before. Um, we're getting that validation from everybody. Now, that's that's all I could talk about at the moment, but we have two dozen or more, you know, creators and projects that we're talking to. So July is already basically lined up. August, we got about half our slate lined up already as well. Um, Oh man, I was going to say something else. Um, oh, this is the thing. I mean, like for creators, one of the cool things, I mean, we've had several conversations with like some really high profile creators, writers, artists, who are all incredibly interested in doing something like this because it allows them to continue doing their work for higher stuff while they work on their creator own stuff and have us act as that distributor, basically, you know, we're, we're like a pseudo publisher, pseudo distributor. So we take a lot of that heavy lifting off their plate. Plus we have no creative oversight. So we're not going to tell you like, Hey, you can or can't do a certain thing. If you want, you know, the only thing that we say is like, Hey, nothing hateful, nothing that's going to, you know, like be punching down to a group of people. So that's, you know, we're not going to do anything that's uh, transphobic, homophobic, uh, racist, or, you know, misogynistic or anything like that but aside from that creators have complete creative control we we offer no editorial so i think that's you know a benefit to us as well and also you know when you want to release a book you you can release a book we don't dictate a schedule so there's no deadlines to hit so we have we have campaigns already where the books are finished and they're ready to go as, as soon as we know you know how many books we need to print we go to print and we have other creators who have, um, you know, the script and a few pages of art that are drawn out, but we're going to be 
totally transparent on all of these campaigns, letting you know where we are as a starting point and keeping you updated throughout the campaign and how long it'll take to receive that product. And to that point, because we're involved, I think that we're going to close that gap and you're not going to see people who are not fulfilling anymore, <laughs> you know, because they don't understand or they don't have the time, you know, like that's our job now. So, you know, I would like to think that we're going to be a little bit more reliable and it's going to make you feel better about backing a campaign because you know, it's not up to like one guy to, you know, send out a thousand packages and continue drawing a monthly comic book or, you know, do all the other work he has to do, you know, that's on us now. So we, we, I think I would like to say that we're going to get that, that ratio, that percentage of fulfilled books way, way, way up there. I don't want to guarantee a hundred percent or anything like that. You know, things happen, you know, in people's lives and whatnot, but for the most part, yeah, I think we, we could, we could let people feel a little bit more at ease about backing a campaign, knowing that there's an actual team behind fulfilling it for you. Yeah. I, Peace of mind as a backer. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed out that. So you, you know, you, part of the reason that I was saying wow when you said Rod Mars is yeah, exactly what you said. The fact that he's done a bunch of Kickstarters through Ominous Press, and you know, it was yeah. one of the things he's he was one of the people I thought of when you were mentioning yeah these creators that have done you know multiples, and then you say he's on your platform. Well, clearly, it is that. You know, it is so hard. There's so much work to do. And the fact that <laughs> they've done so many successful ones and they still want to offload all this administrative stuff, I think speaks volumes yep. to what you guys are are doing. Now, you're starting off with three. Obviously, you want to, you know, start slow, make sure you have your footing under you, make sure you guys stay on top of things. Do you have an upper limit? Do you got? Do you know? I mean, eventually you hope it's successful enough that you maybe have to hire more staff, but with your team you have now, do you have an upper limit? I mean, we're not going to see it expand to like 40 campaigns a month. I can't imagine you guys would be able to well, handle that volume. No, not anytime soon, but this is going to start to get a little bit like more on the business and tech side of things. But, you know, right now we're launching with an MVP, a minimum viable product, right? So that means that for you as a user, it's going to work, you know, like, we have a product out there where you can go and back a campaign and everything is going to work great for you as the user. Now, behind the scenes, we're doing a lot of stuff manually that ultimately we're going to automate. Now, to answer your question, Jace, automating a lot of that back end work that we're currently doing is ultimately going to allow us to grow and handle more campaigns. So it's going to be a learning process to see exactly where that upper limit is. But at the same time, yes, should we be successful? We could bring on more hands to help behind the scenes at the same time as we automate. So coming at it from two angles, I think that is going to help us scale and get to a larger number of campaigns per month uh, quicker. Awesome. But for well, right now, we're, we're just seeing what's working. Yeah. So uh, I'll say everybody right now, go to zoom.gg, check it out. It's live. It's ready to go. You no. Yes. Not zoom.gg, zoop.gg. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna, you I'll said edit. Zoom. Let's, like we're on, we're, we're on me, Zoom. Let me, we're on let me, Zoom let me, right now. I'll, I'll edit this out. I'll say it again. <laughs> All right, everybody. So what you need to do right now is go to zoop.gg, check out the campaign for Slow City Blues. It's already live. You can see exactly how this works. Um, and, you know, there's going to be all the bells and whistles. I, I imagine you guys are going to be involved, heavily involved with social media. Uh, is there any Correct. place where... Uh, other than uh, zoop.gg, any place where uh, 
potential backers or people that want to follow you guys know when campaigns are launching? You have an Instagram, you have a Twitter, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, so our handle across the board, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, if we are anywhere else as well, it's all going to, it's all going to be, you know, Facebook slash we are Zoop, Instagram slash we are Zoop, and Twitter slash we are Zoop. So if you want to find us, we are Zoop everywhere. Fantastic. Uh, well, best and of luck with the, with the, the project, uh, Jordan, I'm sure that you and I'll be talking about it uh, a lot in the future. And uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty of the Zoop creators on, on the show. So as we're winding up here, anything else you want to let our listeners know about? Um, hey, I mean, the, the support would be fantastic, right? I mean, I think it's time for an alternative in the marketplace for, um, for creators, for backers, for fans. Um, so if you want to drop a line, uh, it's hello at wearezoop.com. Fantastic. Uh, okay, so that's going to do it, everybody. Uh, you know, you if you listen to our Slow City Blues episode yesterday, some of this may have been uh, just a repeat of what you know, but we went way deeper. You know, Zoop is a platform you can trust. Like Jordan was saying, it's uh, you're much more likely to get your 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 product. You know, you back something, <laughs> you're, you're going to get it. I, I love the fact that these guys are putting where their money, where their mouth is, and if the campaign doesn't fund, they don't even get paid. All the work they did is for nothing. So uh, I think as a, as a creator, this is probably where you want to go. I mean, that, that is a huge guarantee. So uh, anyway, uh, again, Jordan, best of luck. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. And to all you listeners, thank you for your support as always. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.